Whoa! Look, my can of salt or my lighter are the same color. Wow. Uh, welcome back to the Pinfall Podcast. I'm your host, Liz. I'm joined as always by my co-host, Marcus. Hello. It is me. Mark. Cannon. Yes, it is. Uh, A-Dub Dynamite. It was an episode. It was a very entertaining episode. Yeah, it was actually a really good episode, I thought. Uh, nothing too dramatic or huge happened. No big reveal, big announcement or anything. It was just a damn good episode. Yeah. A lot of story movement. Uh, the fucking Wardlow MJF contract signing was great. And it's yet another fucking bizarro Long Island show. Yeah. Yeah. But it it was one hell of a show. Um, even the entire Jericho Appreciation Society stuff was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was actually really fucking funny. Um, it's hard to say there was any low point in the show really at all. Don't you think? really um actually honestly i think the low point i I wouldn't even say it's a low point because hardy and darby jeff and darby was still like them breaking their spines was super entertaining entertaining concerning stressful yeah one of those things yeah um so let me give a quick nutshell of today's episode. We kind of already did, but we started off with Adam Cole versus Dax Harwood, which is a fucking hell of a match to start off with. Oh my god, that that sharpshooter Cole did on on Dax, that was mean. It was horrible. <laughs> um then had uh, Punk versus Johnny Hungy. Uh, Danhausen versus Tony Nice, which lasted a whole 30 seconds. Uh, Wardlow and MJS contract signing, which was a ton of fun. Jungle Boy versus Ricky Starks, which was pretty fun. Um, Jericho Appreciation Society victory speech. Teased a, a little new addition to this feud with Eddie and PNP. Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter, which was a hell of a match. Um, and then Jeff Hardy versus Darby Allen, which was a, a deadly match. Yeah, that was a lot. Yeah. You want to go into the news? Yeah, I've got some news to talk about. Not as much news as I thought I'd have to talk about, but... News, all the same. Okay. Let me just change the sign here. Um, first piece of news. So I thought I was going to get through this episode of the podcast with about two sips left in my can of seltzer. And I'm not going to. That's why I grabbed another one. Um... Let's see, what am I looking at here? Okay. Let's try to get through this pretty quickly. Let's start with some NJPW news. Um, Actually, no, let's save the NJPW news for last now that I think about it. Um, Let's start with some WWE news. Um, So it looks like there are a couple new people that are going to be pinpointed for the WWE Evil series. Um, season two, it looks like the um, list of names that are potentially going to be included are Roddy Piper, Bobby Heenan, Paul Heyman, Mr. McMahon, Jake Roberts, JBL, and the Million Dollar Man. Jake Roberts is going to be a really good one. Yeah. Same with DiBiase. Yeah. Also, um, um, Vince's should be a really good one, too. Yeah. 
We gotta we gotta watch some of those. Apparently the Mizzes was like the lowest viewership they had for that series. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know that Randy's got really low viewing, and I was like, but Randy's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it currently looks like um, Mr. Ted DiBiase and his son are part of the 38 people that the Mississippi Department of Human Services has filed a lawsuit against. Um, according to Russell Talk, the civil lawsuit, which is hoping to take back around $24 million in federal funds, is targeting a, a number of high-profile names in the sport, including Brett Favre, Marcus Dupree, and Paul Lacoste. Um, I don't really understand what the lawsuit is about. Hmm. Um, but it looks like they're asking for two million eight hundred ninety-seven thousand four hundred eighty-seven dollars from Ted DiBiase Jr. Oh, a million nine hundred seventy-one thousand two hundred twenty-three dollars from Ted DiBiase Sr. and eight hundred twenty-four thousand two hundred fifty-eight dollars from Brett DiBiase. Wow, that's a lot of money. Yes, that's a couple million. Um. Also, it looks like um. Xavier Woods has finally relaunched Up, Up, Down, Down. I believe that they had Ricochet playing against The Miz last. And they played Tekken. Yeah. And then um, Woods did a solo video of him playing Switch Sports. Yes. He also did a solo video of himself playing the new My Rise thing. Oh, but... yeah. No, well, that was a stream. The Switch Sports, I think, was just a video. I don't think that was a stream. Um. Um, but it's looking like, um, at this point, Justin Duke is not involved and absolutely nobody who is involved, um, or most, if not all of the names that originally wore part of up, up, down, down will not be back. Um, as you probably shouldn't have expected them to be. Yep. Um, apparently a few people are brought back. Um, and it looks like there's a chance, like a slim, very slim chance, just based on the fact that WWE doesn't hate him, um, that Tyler Breeze might be one of the people that comes back because Tyler Breeze hasn't accepted work anywhere else. Yeah. But if he were, if he were to go to somewhere like a dub, which doesn't seem very likely, I feel like, um, the invitation will be revoked. I'm sure. Um, I don't think he will. I'm sure he probably just wants to stick to coaching at this point. Yeah. I also, at least that's what it seems like. I also think that uh, AW's roster is a bit bit too packed right now for Breeze, and if they were to make a signing, there'd be some other names that they would want before him. But uh, Catching up. Catching up to my vibes. AW did start their their channel, All Elite Arcade, which is like they're gaming, or it's AW Games, but they have like a show called All Elite Arcade, which they've had Adam Cole, Evil Uno, uh, Ortiz, a um, bunch of other people on to play games. And I wonder if they're going down that up, up, down, down route and vetting it by just seeing if people are interested in watching wrestlers play games or if it was just something that up, up, down, down could capture. I don't know. Um, we shall see. Yeah. Um, also, it appears that officially NXT in your house is going to be held on June 4th um, of this year, um, the night before hell in a cell. Remember the last in your house? No, actually, I don't. Wasn't that the one with Karrion Cross? And uh, it was the fatal five-way for the title. Him, Ooh. Pete Dunne, Adam Cole, Kyle Riley, um, Johnny. Is that it? Maybe Kyle wasn't. 
Oh, I think he was. Yeah, I think that was a match. Yeah, I don't know. I um, actually have no memory of that whatsoever. I mean, like, I know the match you're talking about, but I have no memory of In Your House as a show. Miriam said it was, and it was also when we all thought Regal was quitting. Little did we know what would really happen. Um, yeah. He was going to be released. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, on to some AEW news. Um... Mm -hmm. Tony Khan announced that Grand Slam is going to return to Arthur Ashe Stadium this year, which if it didn't, I would be very confused because I kind of thought the whole Grand Slam point was because of like, you know, tennis, Grand Slam, Arthur Ashe Stadium is a massive tennis stadium. It just makes sense. It'd be really weird if he didn't do it there. Um, and if one day he chooses to not do it there, I'm going to be really, really, really confused. Not the point. Um, that will be happening this year on September 22nd. Um, which means Elizabeth Zink will not be there. Damn. Okay. Oh, is that all the news? No. Nope. Oh, the the way you made you'd that have, like, really reaction. long pause. Because I thought that there would be a reaction from you, like a "Yeah, that sucks for you" or something like that. But I'll take what I got <laughs> in the in the yeah. Um. All right, so it appears that there are some NJPW um, LA Dojo members um, that are going to be debuting for AEW on Dark, um, and in addition to that, some non-LA Dojo folks, um, including Tiger Ruas, who's teaming with Cesar Bononi. Um, I don't know if this is his debut. No, he's he's been on before. All right. Sorry, a certain robotic somebody thought I was talking to them. Oh, when you said Cesaro, um, probably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know if Tiger Ruas is debuting for AEW. No, he's he's been on before. Yeah. Um, which is why I don't know why. Oh, this is the full lineup. Um, makes sense. Um, but Kevin Knight and the DKC are going up against the Factory on Dark. Um, also, none of these people actually, like, now that I'm reading this, none of these people, I must be missing something about the LA Dojo, because, like, not a lot of these people seem like they're LA Dojo people, maybe it's just because I'm reading it quickly. Like who? Well... Oh, they dropped a W from Aaron Solo's last name. Yeah, I noticed that. It's weird. What's that about? I don't know. Huh. Anyways. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is, it's... Like, the, the full lineup is as follows. You might know more than I do, because I don't know a lot about the LA Dojo. Mm -hmm. Evil Uno and Ten versus Tiger Ruas and Benoni. Um, Alex Reynolds versus Jake Manning. Abaddon versus Vicky Dreamboat, Kevin Knight in the DKC versus The Factory, Kiara Hogan versus Sky Blue, Lee Johnson and Brock Anderson versus Brick City Boys, Rohit Raju versus Adam Priest, Sean Dean versus Serpentico, Gun Club versus Fly Def, Jay Lethal versus Jake Something, and George Ole versus Trip Jordy. No, none of those are LA Dojo guys. Besides Kevin yeah, Knight okay, and so DKC. I guess that's the way that they made it sound was like multiple people from the LA Dojo. Is it Wrestle Talk? Yeah. They they uh, clickbait a lot of their headlines. Well, I yes, but I I've been using them for art for news for three years yeah. now. I've kind of learned which ones are clickbaiting and which ones aren't, and I've I've been bamboozled apparently. Yeah. Um. I, I think Clark Connors and Carl Fredericks already made their debut on dark because they were on at one point or they were supposed to be i know yuya uemura did last week or the week before gotcha um on to some not japanese news but japanese news is gonna be last um apparently the reason that we have not seen cesaro lately according to mark 
in my book at least, um, is that he's too pricey. Let's go into Fightful. Um, he, his asking price is a bit too high because his, uh, the agency that represents him has been notorious lately for asking for high prices when it comes to their talent because the people they represent are fine sitting at home, uh, they're comfortable at home while uh, waiting for uh, a high price point. So I imagine someone like Cesaro would, would be perfectly fine waiting it out to get the price that he wants, get that money, which Cesaro is definitely someone that deserves it. Because not only is he a great talent in the ring, but also he can prove it. Uh, he's proven he can be great at, uh, you know, like, like up, up, down, down, that kind of stuff. If AEW wants to pursue something like that with All Elite Arcade, Cesaro would be a great person to add to that. I agree. Um, some Japanese news now. Um, the second annual memorial show for Hana Kimura is going to be taking place on May 23rd of this year. Um, uh, and it appears, according to her mother, um, that they're currently working out a um, deal so it can also it can be on Fightful like it was last year. Um, details are still kind of on their way, and it obviously has not been like secured, but it should be because it was there last year. Um, part of me. Um, I don't know if this is our last year. Um, oh, um, Antonio Inoki, uh, apparently kind of gave like a little update on Shinjiro Otani's injury and basically said, um, that at this point, um, there's no sugarcoating it, basically. Um, and that it is definitely, like, it's his cervical vertebrae that was injured. Um, and there's no real progress whatsoever. Yeah. It's very unfortunate. Yeah. Um... Final piece of news. Weird piece of news, too. Kota Ibushi's, like, losing a shit, it seems. Yeah. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> According, before you get really into it, because I'm sure you can, um, Dave Meltzer said, there is more than smoke to the fire. Ibushi has problems with upper management that are significant. Ghetto is trying to smooth them out, but it's not settled. Imagine your only hopes, Ghetto. Oh, boy. Um... So there there's a lot to go through. I was I was reading somebody made a Twitter thread summarizing most of the tweets, not even all of the tweets because they're still happening. While we were watching Dynamite, he tweeted once during the show adding to this. So it is still going on. Um and we won't go through all of it because No. No, no, no. It took like 40 minutes yesterday for you to explain even part of it to me <laughs> yeah um so basically the 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 main meat of it is kota ibushi and uh kikuchi who is a, an executive it seems like at new japan uh, they had a big back and forth over text that seems to be the core of what's happening with this uh with this story so it, it's it's essentially New Japan threatening to fire Ibushi, um, and and it seems like I know I told you Taichi and Taka seem to be on Ibushi's side, but it seems like there's contention there as well between Ibushi and Just Tap Out, because this stemmed from Ibushi missing, uh, uh what was it, um. Missing the what, what? What did he miss? Oh, the the um, 
fucking tournament. G1? The tournament. G1? No, it wasn't the G1. You missed the G1. Oh. Sorry, the New Japan Cup. Yeah, what? New what Japan Cup. Uh, you made me <laughs> sound like I was being stupid. Because... Uh, but, uh... So, he, he missed that because uh, New Japan said that he was... Like, they announced him while he was still 40%. Um, but he he had to miss it because he wasn't going to wrestle 40%. Um, but he was at a JTO show run by Taichi and Takamichinoku, which has a partnership with New Japan. And Kikuchi had a big problem with that. Um... And it all just stems from there. And it's a whole thing to run down. We would be spending a couple hours going through all of it. So if you are interested in, in learning more about it, there's a great mega thread on Reddit to go through, which links to that Twitter thread of somebody summarizing all of the tweets and all, all the text screenshots. Everything is kind of linked there. But um, yeah, it is it is a lot, and there's even a side to DDT now, where a fan asked Coda if he would go back to DDT, and Coda said, "I don't even I don't have even one one percent intention of going back." Sorry. So it also seems like Kota Bushi's fired, which I think that's I don't think there's any coming back from that. Fired from DDT? No, New Japan. Oh, you think he's like fired, fired? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what the texts were about. Um, that's wild. I mean, if they let Kota Ibushi slip through their fingers, that's fucking insane. Yeah. Yeah, and then it was like... You've like got to fuck up real bad for that one. Yeah, one, one thing Kota Ibushi said was he called New Japan... Uh, a black company and um, in Japan when you refer to a company as black it means that it's exploitative so it seems like uh, some stuff might be arising from New Japan he also made some allegations about higher-ups um, uh, committing sexual assault something like that um, and yeah, a lot of negative stuff coming about. So we'll see how this all unfolds in the future because it's still going down, I guess. That's a that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So is there any more news? No, that was the last piece because that was the biggest piece. Okay. Um, also, we should also add to this, um, AEW Grand Slam is returning to Arthur Ashe Stadium this year. We don't need to add to that because I already talked about that. Oh, did you? Yes, remember I said, I'm not going to be able to be there, and then it was really quiet, and you said, are you done with the news? And I said, no, oh, I was expecting oh. you to say something else. Okay, because I, I remember you mentioned it earlier today. Um, Okay. All right, then uh, let's talk about today's Dynamite. So we started off the show with Adam Cole versus Dax Harwood. I know there's something in the oven right now, and it's making me nervous because there's no one attending the oven. Anyways. It's nothing that we have in the oven, in case anyone wants to know that much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Imagine we just, like... Just cooking on the side. Um, yeah, so we start with some taunts, some headlocks. Um, Adam sends Dax over his knee for mounting him and uh, hitting him with the ground and pound. Dax gets kicked in the old, old noggin, gets sent into a post, goes ringside, gets sent into the stairs, gets sent into another pair of stairs, gets kicked in the ribs. Um, back in the ring, he hits a German suplex to Cole, and then he hangs on and gets another to Cole that like, kind of almost lands him very high up on the shoulders. Cole then lands um, a counter with one of his 
own German suplexes to Dax. Dax counters Adam's attempt at a second to get his third German suplex off. Um, Daxon goes up top, hits a diving headbutt, then a slingshot powerbomb. We get a big slam to Daxon to the canvas, though, and then a crossbody onto Cole after Cole pushes out of a cover. Um, Cole then super kicks Dax. Dax reverses the cover, though, into a crucifix pin. It's a near fall. It's not quite yet, yet there. Um, then we get an Alabama slam to Cole. Um, he goes for the sharpshooter, or Dax goes for the sharpshooter. But Cole kicks the head of Dax. Harwood then avoids the Panama Sunrise, hits Cole with a pile driver, gets the sharpshooter on Cole, but Cole gets free. Dax gets sent from ringside and nearly counted out. And then back in the ring, uh, Cole puts him down into the sharpshooter himself. And uh... Yeah, very, wins. very mean, very evil of Adam Cole. Oh, the biggest heel move he could have done. But that match fucking... That slapped. That was a banger. I think uh, Dax Harwood's making an early... Early consideration for Wrestler of the Year. Yeah. He's he's just... I think that's fair. He's been killing it this year in, in literally every way possible. Um. So then we get a video package for Darby Allen versus Jeff Hardy later on. And then... We get CM Punk versus John, John Silver, Johnny Hungy, and Punk comes out wearing an Islanders jersey. Apparently, the jersey that he was wearing, the guy whose jersey it was, mm. left the Islanders for Toronto and did not leave on good terms. And okay. that's why everyone was pissed. Okay, okay. I thought that like he was like, they were pissed because they were like, oh, you were just making fun of the Islanders last time you were here, and like, don't wear it. But that was not the case. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now Punk is a, he's a heel for life in Long Island. Um, but yeah, this match was fun. This match was fun. Um, um, so Punk is kind of given a run for his money. Um, he ends up going ringside to kind of catch his breath. Johnny chases him. When Punk gets back in the ring and Johnny follows him, he hits Johnny with the double axe handles to the back. Um, then we get a clothesline to Silver, and Silver ends up kicking Punk, counters a backslide into a number of uh, kicks. Um, we get a brain buster to Punk, then Silver drops Punk off the buckles onto his head. Goes for the spin doctor, but Punk gets a roundhouse kick to Silver and then hits the buckshot lariat to a win. Yeah. Yeah. Another another mean moment. But uh I think that just ensures that Punk and Hangman will be a, a great match at double or nothing. Um and I, I heard a very interesting theory about why he, last week he was very like, Hangman was very heelish when talking about Punk. Mm-hmm. It's because since Punk arrived, he's been like this grand. He's had this grand aura, like he's this legend that everyone's like enamored by, and like he, he, it's kind of like what what has been happening between Punk and Eric Bischoff on Twitter. Um that whole argument but basically hangman was trying to detach himself from that mystique of punk and basically say he's not impressed he's approaching punk like he's just another opponent um so he's trying to force himself into uh into that and that's why somebody pointed out um that when when hangman was leaving the ring last week he let out a very deep sigh. Like he paused and sighed deeply after he was done. So it, it very much seemed like he didn't 100% mean everything he was saying, but that it was just trying to convince himself and provoke Punk. And let Punk know that he's not going to be, like, he's not going to give that respect just because Punk is a big name. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, but after the match, uh, Punk says, are you mad, Hangman? It sounds like you're taking this personally. I don't know why these people don't like me. It's not personal to me. It's just business. I used to wake up every morning and ask myself, are you a good guy? This morning I woke up and asked myself, are you the champ? And the, my answer is yes. I just destroyed your boy, and that's a blueprint for what I'm going to do for you. Do to you at Double or Nothing. And at Double or Nothing, uh, you're going to shake my hand whether you are unconscious or conscious. And then uh, Hangman just flips off Punk and walks off. So then we get an interview with Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker. Um, Britt says, it only makes sense I face a Joker. I can't prepare, but I don't care. I'll win. And you know who else is going to win? Jamie Hayter. When storms first come rolling in, they're violent and exciting, but then they pass. Tonight the storm is over, and there's some Hayter on the forecast. If we If we face each other, it'll be a fair fight, and the better woman will win that's kind of teasing what might happen later on except it it actually won't because tony storm won um it's uh, you know, a, little, a little shady yeah so then we had danhausen versus uh, tony niece Yeah, I guess we did. Danhausen has a sick walkout. That that song was great. Yeah. I need them to upload that to Spotify. Oh dear. Oh lord. Oh lord. Hang on. Hang on. Just using my signs as a a grabby mechanism. Mm -hmm. Um, all right, so yeah, Smart Mark distracts Danhausen for a minute as he tries to curse Tony, and then Tony slams into him and hits him with a running knee. Yep, and then uh, Mark Sterling gets on the mic, and he says, Are you shocked? I'm not. Tony, Tony, this guy got an entrance, and you didn't. Because Tony Nice uh, was already in the ring when Danhausen came out. Um, Tony Nice gives another knee to Danhausen, and Sterling says, "Hell, just get just uh, sorry, he'll just have to continue to embarrass all of your internet meme wrestlers. Do it again." And he gives another knee, or he pulls down the knee pad first, uh, but before he can deliver the knee, Hook comes out and he chases Tony and Mark away, and he shakes Danhausen's hand, and. Uh, Excalibur shouted out Hookhausen. So Hookhausen is now all elite. Yeah. I'm thrilled. I was actually I was really happy that that's how that worked yeah. worked out. Yeah. So then we get Wardlow and MJF contract signing. Now, so Wardlow comes out and his graphic says Boo Wardlow. And you think, okay, shitty heel thing for MJF to do. It keeps getting worse. But it gets worse. So Wardlow's gets in the ring. And then we, like, cut to preview for Dark Side of the Ring. And it's a fake episode made about MJF. Chris Jericho's even doing the voiceover for it. You have interviews from, like, Taz, Jake Roberts, and, uh, I forget the other guy. The guy whose lower third was, was Jewish wrestler. Oh, um, someone Borowitz or something like that. Oh, uh, Horowitz. I think it was Buddy Horowitz. Bobby Maybe. Horowitz, something like that. Bobby Horowitz sounds about right. Um, it was, it was... It was so great. That that was so wonderful. <laughs> um, so MJF comes out and he's he's all decked out in Islander stuff, and this time it's more genuine than like punk. Um, he's soaking the crowd up and he says, "Let's be honest here. I love you, crazy sons of bitches. Unfortunately, now we have to talk to Wardlow." Let's be honest, this whole thing is a tale as old as time. 
David versus Goliath, the younger, more jacked, way more salt of the earth, Jewish prince from the Holy Land, and I'm not talking about Israel. <laughs> I'm talking about the most magical place in the world. Long Island, New York. <laughs> versus the big dumb stupid oaf. Uh, we all know why we're here to go over the conditions for Double or Nothing. Before we get to that, I'd like to give you an opportunity to speak to my people tonight. Under no circumstances would I ever want each and every one of you to boo Wardlow out of this goddamn arena. The last thing I want all of you to do is to create the loudest boo in the history of pro wrestling. Alright, Wardlow, the floor is yours. And Wardlow immediately is booed to hell. Uh, can't even get out a single word. And MJF says, let's talk conditions. Wardlow, you're kind of the worst. Karma's coming its way for what you, you did to... <laughs> uh, the roadie codester. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Wardlow, if you want to wrestle me, you're going to get whipped. Because uh, I think it was MJF who whipped Cody. Um, yes. I'm going to take off my belt and I'm going to whip you. Not one time, not two times, not three times, not four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Sean, how many times am I going to whip Wardlow? And Spears gets in Wardlow's face and says, ten. MJF says, and if you get past that, then you're going to have to wrestle Sean Spears in a steel cage. This ain't any cage match. It's going to have a special guest referee, and his name is Maxwell Jacob Friedman. And Wardlow's uh, smiling and being all uh, cocky. Because everyone knows he could beat Sean. Everyone knows he could beat Spears. Um, maybe not with MJF, a special ref. And then MJF says... Uh, and Wardlow, if you get past that, I'll give you a match. We have yet to talk about if you lose, though. If you lose, you'll never be allowed to sign a contract with AEW forever. So what do you say, Warpig? Are you scared because I'm MJF and I'm better than you and you know it? Wardlow tries to sign the contract, but his cuffs are, are stopping him. MJF tells him to uncuff him despite what Spears says. So Wardlow gets cuff, uncuffed, signs it. And um, then lays out security, takes down Sean Spears, and then drags MJF in the ring. But Mark Sterling protects um, MJF from Wardlow. But Wardlow throws him off and power bombs smart Mark Sterling through the table. And then uh, we get a Samoa Joe video package following that. And then we get Jungle Boy versus Ricky Starks. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Alright. So we get a front face lock into a hammer lock. Starks then gets his own hammer lock. Um, we get a cool springboard off the ropes into an arm drag to Jungle Boy and then some flippy shit from Jungle Boy into an arm drag of his own and a drop kick. Ricky gets a weight lock on Jungle Boy, um, but then Ricky gets a headbutt for his trouble. Um, Jungle Boy hits the comebacker lariat. Um, we see Jungle Boy go for a DDT on Starks, but Starks catches him, lifts him, goes for the vertical suplex, but Jungle Boy knees his way down, hits the DDT. Um, however... Ricky kind of pulls it together, goes for the Rochambeau, but Jungle Boy ends up countering. Um, when Ricky goes for it again, Jungle Boy counters it again, hits him with a thrust kick, and then spears him, um, or Ricky spears right into Jungle Boy as he goes off the ropes. Jungle Boy then goes for the snare trap, and Starks somehow just claws his way to the fucking ropes. Mm -hmm. with, with, um, with his two fingertips, he grabs the rope. Um, he then hangs up Jungle Boy on those ropes um, as he goes to ringside. He grabs his title kind of as if he's going to use it against Jungle Boy. 
And then Swerve appears and Swerve's like, hey, no, don't do that. That's bad. And the referee is like, hey, Swerve, get out of here. You're not part of this match. And Jungle Boy rolls Ricky up while the ref is yelling at Swerve and the ref doesn't see Jungle Boy roll up Ricky and Ricky hits the Rochambeau to win. And then it gets weird. Yeah, so... um. Uh, Hobbs is out there to to celebrate with Ricky, and they they start to uh, intimidate Swerve a bit. But uh, Keith Lee comes out for the save. Um. Then we get uh, 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 Jurassic Express coming out. They get in the ring to to be with Jungle Boy. Um. Christian yells at Swerve. I'm trying to remember it in my head because I didn't write any of this down. Christian's yelling at Swerve for distracting in the match. Luchasaurus is kind of like, like he's trying to kind of play middleman. Like doesn't totally agree with Christian, but he knows Christian's his his guy. And meanwhile, Jungle Boy is against the ropes, like all sad and distraught. Um, and then uh, after all that's done. Luchasaurus gets out of the ring. Christian's about to follow. But he looks back at Jungle Boy. And he slowly goes over. Turns him around and, and they hug. But it very much... Like, the, the way they were framing it. We, everyone was just anticipating Jungle Boy, like, super kicking Christian or something. Like there's or Christian doing something Jungle Boy. Yeah, there's that there's that discontent, that tension there. Um, that's just it's always existing between these guys. I I cannot wait for Jungle Boy. I hope it's Jungle Boy turning on Christian because Jungle Boy needs an edge. He needs some kind of edginess to him. It's too milk toast right now. Yeah. Boring spot. Yeah. Um So then we get the Jericho Appreciation Society victory speech. And they all get in the ring. <laughs> and Angelo Parker starts off by saying, AW Galaxy, welcome to our victory speech. <laughs> a fucking AW Galaxy. Obviously a play on WWE Universe. Um Daddy Magic, Matt Menard, gets on the mic and he says, You wanna know what really turns me on? <laughs> what makes Daddy Magic hard? <laughs> no, he said his nipples hard. <laughs> What makes, he kept it vaguely PG. What makes Daddy Magic's nipples hard? The fact that I get to be part of the greatest faction in the world, Jericho Appreciation Society. Jericho says, there's a lot of hometown heroes here tonight. I'm one of them. I was born in Manhasset, but I moved away because this place is a dump. You know it sucks. You got a problem with that? He turns to one dude in the crowd. You got a problem with that? I'll throw a fireball in your face because I'm a wizard. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, we did exactly what we said we were going to do. We eliminated Santana, Ortiz, and Eddie Kingston. We win. They lose. Just stay at home, boys, because Jericho216 says I burned your face. <laughs> Besides, you gotta stay home and take care of your wife, make sure she feels better. If she doesn't, have her give me a call. And then Daniel Garcia gets on the mic and says, The story stays the same every time a wrestler steps up to a sports entertainer. The sports entertainer wins every time. And then interestingly enough, John Moxley comes out. And uh, well, Yeah, I mean, Jericho called out his wife and... Oh, yeah, yeah. Eddie's wife comes out. Moxley. Exactly. Um, so Jericho says, Hey, Moxley, I'll give you one chance to turn around and go on another sabbatical. Kind of stutters a little bit saying sabbatical. He says sabbatical, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he says, There's five of us. Get out of here. 
but Danielson, Wheeler, and Regal come out. And uh, Jericho says, still only four of you and five of us. Eddie, Santana, and Ortiz pop up on the apron. Um, and, and they did a really good job with Eddie's like burn scars. And what's cool, they didn't zoom in on him at all. Like, they do what, any, what you do with any special effects, which is you don't zoom in on it. You don't get close to it. Because it's probably not too convincing up close. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so then a whole brawl starts. Uh, it doesn't last very long, though. And then once once the segment ends, Eddie's just taking the podium that they had and, and smashing it <laughs> for no reason. Um, but it... Numbers are still off, though. If this is if this is gonna be like a, a full faction feud, six on six, because you got Yuta, Mox, Danielson, um, Eddie, Santana, Ortiz. That's six. JAS only has five. Unless Danielson is gonna have another match, like at the same time, like he's gonna be busy. I. JAS has to get a new member. Who do you think could be that that sixth member? Cesaro. Cesaro. <laughs> you know what would be hilarious? It would be fucking hilarious? Nick Gage. <laughs> Make Nick Gage a sports entertainer. <laughs> God. I think Nick Gage, like, if you said sports entertainer to his face, like, he'd, like, incinerate. <laughs> this has to be a Blood and Guts feud. Because I think, if I remember correctly, last year Blood and Guts was around the same time as Double or Nothing. Right? Because that was around when we started watching. Um, yeah, Blood and Guts was May 5th. So, could happen any point. Any point, uh, between now and Double or Nothing. Um, I don't, I really don't know who they could add as, as a sixth for JAS. It, it it's not like they there are any members that would side with them. Yeah, I don't really know actually. Let's think of Sammy Guevara. Oh, stop! But he didn't he didn't like uh, Jericho at all at the end. Yeah, but maybe now that they're both heels, he's like, <laughs> yeah. Um. Man, I don't know. I don't know. It, there's like no one that comes to mind. No. Angelico. Have him leave AFO and join JAS. Zack Saber Jr. Get fucked. <laughs> I could see him fucking killing that same like same with garcia just like <laughs> full-on shit fucking <laughs> just like cocky shit face <laughs> oh my god what if it's tony khan <laughs> tony khan size with js <laughs> god Wait. that'd be fucking actually you know what would be the biggest fucking thing the biggest one-off that they could do and i know tony khan won't do this though shane mcmahon dude that'd be fucking funny like how much would it fucking add to this feud if they got a mcmahon to join in for a blood and guts match join jas 
be insane. That would be a lot. I would be. I feel like that half of my head would like fall off my fucking shoulders. <laughs> um. All right. So then we get a, a video package for Serena D versus Thunder Rosa, and then we get Tony Storm versus Jamie Hader in the first round of the Owen Cup. This match. Yeah. This match was sick. Yeah, this was a good match. Except it was only like eight minutes um, long. Yeah, well, yeah, that's fine. Um, so we're just grappling for a little while. We get a drop kick to the face of Hater that sends her ringside. She comes back in and kicks Tony out of the ring. Then ringside, we get a tw- a, a twisting snap suplex, according to Jr., which just looked like Tony Storm getting her ass beat. Um, but then we get a nasty DDT that plants Hater, and then another one ringside, and those are also pretty nasty, so, like, fine. Uh, then we get a mean backbreaker on the knee of Hater, and a German suplex to Jamie. Then we get a backbreaker to Tony on the apron, and we go up top for a headbutt and a superplex, um, and then Tony Storm hits the Storm Zero to win. Yeah, and it was a, it was a weird storm zero like it just looked like a straight up pile driver um yeah i don't know if that was the intended goal i've never seen a pre-wwe storm zero it's supposed to be a pile driver instead of a power bomb um but i mean this this match proved that like jamie and tony are two ridiculous like signings for AEW, and that they they are gonna make the women's division fucking insane. Uh, and that tag match on Rampage last week really proved that too. So then we had a video package for Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazarian, and their match will be happening on Rampage this week. We get an interview with Kaz. And he says, Sam, uh, before he can say anything, Sammy and Ty walk in. And Sammy says, I'm here to tell you that man you knew is not the man you're going to face. You can't trust him. Kaz says, and you think I can trust you? Go be unlikable somewhere else. Sammy walks off and Kaz just shouts, your vlog sucks. <laughs> Good for him. So then we get, finally, the main event. Jeff Hardy versus Darby Allen. Yes, sir. Um, so immediately after like throwing his body around for a little bit, Darby starts doing some construction with some chairs. And then Jeff tosses Darby over the stairs that are ringside. And he, Darby lands on his feet, but then he gets a Larry in response. And then Jeff hits the twist of fate to Darby against the ropes. And then Darby or Jeff finds a ladder. And then we get a commercial break. And you kind of forget that the ladder was there if you didn't look hard enough. And then Darby Allen says, don't forget that the ladder's there. And um, yeets himself off of it, onto Jeff Hardy, onto the chairs, out of the ring. Like, not just, like, ladder to the floor, but ladder in the ring, onto the floor. Like, you know, here for a good time, not for a long time, I guess. Um... Then Darby wants the coffin drop, but Jeff avoids it. Darby does it anyways um, onto, like, the fucking apron. Oh, yeah. Then we get a swanton bomb onto Darby, who's laying across, the, like, some stairs that are overturned, and uh, Darby just fucking avoids it, and Jeff lands on his back on the stairs. This was, um, this was uh, a loser, lo- loser loses their spine match. Yeah, loser breaks a rib match. That's um, the best case scenario. Then Darby goes for the coffin drop. However, Jeff counters with a roll up on Darby to win. Yeah, yeah. Um, pretty entertaining, but surprisingly short match. Like that, it kind of flew by. And then Jr. Yeah. What did you say? I said yeah. yeah. And then Jr. said, "Uh, it was like one of the best matches they've seen on Dynamite." I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, JR. There are many, many other matches that are so much better. JR fell asleep during all the other ones because they were too long. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, the, most matches tonight were better than that match. Um, Alright, so that's our recap of Dynamite. You want to talk about the bests of the night? Yeah, I'll talk about the best of the night. Before we get there, uh, if you have a question for our... If you have a question for us, leave it in the chat now. And we'll answer it after the bests of the night. If you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment. We'll get to it in the next one. If you're listening on Spotify, join us at twitch.tv forward slash the pinfall podcast to chat with us live. Um... And also want to remind everyone that we will not be doing a weekend show this weekend. Um, we will be going to... We will be at the weekend show this weekend. Yeah, we'll be going to New Japan Strong, New Japan Collision in uh, Philly. So, if you're there, say hi. Uh, otherwise, we will not be doing uh, a, a recap this weekend. All right. So... Promo of the night. It's, it's the contract signing. Yeah. It's gotta be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's talk about wrestler of the night now. I'm going to give you three options, as always. Jamie Hayter, Adam Cole, and Dax Harwood. Maybe Daxy. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Dax Dax killed it. Especially with selling his uh like the injured ribs. He does he's such a good job. Like he's such a good wrestler. Yes. Insanely good wrestler. Alright, let's talk about match of the night. As always we go from the worst match to the best match of the night. We'll talk about which match is the match of the night. So first up, uh, with a four out of ten, or five out of ten, Jungle Boy versus Ricky Starks. That was fine. A little overbooked by the end, but yeah, that's fine. Uh, next up, the six out of ten, Jeff Hardy versus Darby Allen. That was fun. Had some had those fun spots, and then everything else around him was yeah. The ending was pretty eh too. Uh, next, seven out of ten. Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter. So good. This is so great. If only it was longer. If it was longer, it would be so much better. Uh, next, seven out of ten. CM Punk versus John Silver. Really fun match, and that buckshot lariat really uh, made it mean a whole lot more. Alright, finally, I think we'll agree. Match of the night, 9 out of 10. Uh, Adam Cole versus Dax Harwood. Insanely good match. Yeah. I can't, I can't deny that. This is uh this is the fourth nine out of ten match I've I've rated Dax. And the second for Adam Cole this year. That's not shocking. Um alright. So you wanna answer some questions? I'll answer a question. Well we might have more than one if I can check YouTube real quick. see we got a question from miriam in the chat let me just see if there's any more on youtube anywhere no there are not okay miriam asks in the jungle boy christian tension who do you think will turn first christian's giving some funny vibes these days i feel like he's very close to turning on jungle boy i think christian's gonna turn on jungle boy because luchasaurus isn't really involved mm-hmm and I don't see Luchasaurus turning heel. Yeah, that's the thing. Luchasaurus is kind of the deciding factor here. Yeah. He's shown no signs of turning at all. Um, 
I think the only way that Jungle Boy is the one who turns is if they lose the tag titles. That's the only. And I could see Christian turning if they lose the tag titles because suddenly Christian loses all relevance if they lose the tag titles. Yeah, that's true. Um, and he's definitely seemed the more heelish, but if they want to surprise everyone, have Jungle Boy do it. Um, but it just doesn't make sense with how Luchasaurus is. I don't think you can separate them right now. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely. No, I don't either. I I I said Christian's giving some vibes. Mm-hmm. And Christian would be so much more engaging if he were a heel. Yeah. So. Yeah, heel Christian would be a lot of fun. Um. I just I want something for Jungle Boy that's not like so bland because he's so bland. He needs a good feud. He was good against Kenny. That's because Kenny was is such a damn good heel. Had that foil. Jungle Boy needs another foil. Reynolds rap is pretty good. <sighs> if if you're booking um well actually how I see this going down is probably the trios tournament they lose Christian blames them. Where Christian blames Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus backs Jungle Boy against Christian, and they turn on him. Um, But, where I was originally asking, um, if you're booking this as a tag team match, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus against Christian and someone else, who's Christian's partner? Anything? I don't know. I maybe uh, maybe Frankie. And Kaz. Maybe. Maybe CD. I'm just thinking of old guys. Christopher Daniels. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. What if? What if they bring in Gangrel? <laughs> Sign Gangrel for like a little feud. <laughs> it's not not an option. Or uh, Amazing Red. Someone from Impact or TNA. Yeah. CD would be a good one. Kaz would be pretty good. Um, Trying to remember who else was like with... They could sign AJ. AJ would be a good one. Wouldn't want to bother Samoa Joe with this feud. Although, yeah, Smojo would be know. a good big guy against Luchasaurus. But Joe's kind of a face right now. Straight up get Taz. Have Taz be Christian's partner. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Brian Cage. Brian Cage could be Christian's partner. Yeah, maybe. That wouldn't be the weirdest thing in the world. Yeah, I don't think they've ever crossed paths, Christian and Cage, but they're both cages. They could start the cages. <laughs> it's perfect. Perfect. I'm done. <laughs> Brothers Cage. There you go. That's it. All right. That's all the questions we got. Would you like to close out the show? Yeah, sure. Um, if you tuned in tonight, thank you so much. And if you tuned in the future, thank you so much. Happy. I don't know. Happy days. Um. Please tune in tomorrow for our Impact show where we talk about Impact and everything that happens on Impact. Oh, um, if you want to know what holiday is coming up, this Sunday is Peace Officers Memorial Day. It's a peace officer. Um, after that, it's Memorial Day. Well, Memorial Day is, yeah, that's the 30th, I think. Yeah. 
All right, well, look forward to one of those. You might have Memorial Day off. Check your work calendars. Um, but yeah. Please tune in on Thursday. Tomorrow. We'll be here. Yes, tomorrow. Doing the same impact. we did tonight. Uh, after Impact, we'll be back on Tuesday for our 2K22 Universe Mode stream. Battle of the Brands Stardust Wrestling versus Pepita Championship Wrestling. Um, it will be the go-home show to Backlash. Are you excited for your solo shows on the 19th? Yeah, you'll have to give me your card. For our Impact wrap-up show? Oh, oh, I thought you were talking about for uh, the stream. No, I'll be here on the 17th. I want to bring on some guests. We'll, we'll have a Pepita. guest host. Yeah, Pepita. Okay. Just put her in the chair, bring like the camera down so you see her. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to book Shane McMahon to be the, the guest host. Makes sense. The best in the world filling in for the best in the world. There can only be one best in the world, though. Best in the world. Our YouTube, Twitch, Spotify, and Twitter are all Pinfall Podcast. Uh, I'm at the Mark Cameron on Twitter. Liz is at Eliza Elaine two three, and we'll see you all for Impact Wrestling tomorrow. Remember, no weekend show this weekend. But we'll be back after Thursday on Tuesday. So stick around, everybody. Um, but thank you all so much for watching. Follow and subscribe. We, we love doing this for you. We love chatting with you. So please keep tuning in. We love you. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.